April 12th, 2018. You're listening to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Ivan Nation. <laughs> I am your host, Kellen Conley. All right, man. I think we're actually supposed to have some decent weather in Morgantown today. Thank goodness. Hopefully we've seen the last of snow, even though I saw we're supposed to be back in the 40s here in a few days. But it's supposed to be in the 70s today and breezy, windy, whatever term you prefer. So things are looking up here in Morgantown and wherever you may be, whether you be in San Antonio or in Massachusetts or in California or in Saudi Arabia, or in Moscow, or in the Philippines. Hopefully your weather is doing the same. So, without further ado, first topic. WrestleMania 34 is in the books. On episode 55, I gave y'all my preview of set events so I'm just going to run over everything that happened and then kind of touch on some things that happened on on Raw as well (sighs) yeah so Undertaker and John Cena happened Undertaker squashed him it was good there's a few spots where the camera work was was betraying was betraying Cena and Undertaker you could see Cena taking a bump without making contact here or there. But for what it was, it was pretty incredible. It was less than three minutes. Undertaker came out and completely squashed John Cena. And we haven't seen John Cena since. At least not this week. So for all that begging, all that come on Undertaker, I need my beer, WrestleMania, all that shit that John Cena was saying. Uh... He got himself an ass whooping. He, he called out the Undertaker. The Undertaker delivered an old-fashioned ass whooping. Could Taker sustain that kind of effort for more than three minutes? No. And WWE kind of figured out what they had been doing wrong with Undertaker. And possibly his doctor was like, look, lay off the man's hip. (laughs) He got a hip replacement. So, Undertaker looked good in those three minutes. John Cena did a great job putting him over. And now that has been put to bed. But, just when you thought the Undertaker would be gone for another year... There is this thing called the Greatest Royal Rumble. They're doing it in Saudi Arabia on April the, uh, on April the 27th. A 50-man Royal Rumble. And then seven title matches, I think. 
On top of that, you get Undertaker in a match. And not just any match. He's in a casket match, which is awesome, against the most over-wrestler in the company, Rusev. While Rusev Day has not found the light of day when it comes to championships, Rusev's character and the Rusev Day gimmick is, has continued to be over crazy big. So being in a high-profile match with The Undertaker, especially a, a signature match of Undertaker's, is something I'm looking forward to. And with the card being so stacked that they could do it within in less than... 15, 10 minutes, and it'll be good, I think. A little mad that WrestleMania didn't give Undertaker his his record props this time, because forever was uh, 21-1 after he lost the first time, and then he beat Bray, and he beat Shane, so he was 23-1, and, and one. and then Reigns beat him, so he was 23-2, and two. Can throw up a 24 and 2 graphic for him at WrestleMania, man. I'm like, damn, I, I, that that kind of bugged me. But that's picking nits too. Uh, women's rattle, the uh, women's battle royal was won by Naomi after she went out of the ring, but she did not go over the top rope. Bailey and Sasha had a little moment where they slugged it out, with Bailey prevailing and throwing Sasha out of the ring. Bailey then thought she had won the match. Forgetting about Naomi, Naomi came in, hit her with a rear view, and tossed her out. The Andre came down to a couple of past winners, Baron Corbin and your boy. I don't know if it's your boy or not. He's not my boy. <laughs> your boy, Mojo Raleigh. Uh, Matt Hardy was in there. And I think Dolph might have been the last person in there before he was eliminated. Uh... It came down to Hardy and Corbin. And then lights went out and Bray showed up. And Bray hadn't been seen since Ultimate Deletion. So Bray hit Corbin with Sister Abigail and then uh, essentially fed him to Hardy. (laughs) Hardy tossed him out. And then woke him Matt and Bray embraced. And Matt Hardy was the winner of the Andre. Woo! Storylines. Um, what else happened? Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Miz started out the show. Had a great IC triple threat match won by Seth Rollins. No complaints there. Earlier on the show, on the pre-show, there was the Cruiserweight title with Cedric Alexander going over, uh, is it Mustafa Ali? If it's not, I apologize. (laughs) But if it is Mustafa Ali, that's who he went over to win the championship. Um, both tag matches were on the main show. Yeah, so, so that was it. They did the the Royal Rumble, or not the Royal Rumble, the Battle Royal for the women's, the Andre, and then the Cruiserweight Championship pre-show. Uh, then we got Asuka and Charlotte. I'm jumping all around. This may have been the match tonight. If if you want to see how far women's wrestling has come since the directions were changed in NXT about five years ago, 
you want to see how far they've come. Watch this match because you have Asuka who was brought over after much success in other promotions uh, within the last year and a half in NXT and then more success on the main roster. Charlotte, who is essentially the anointed performance center uh, women's pr- protege, so to speak. I mean, obviously, Bailey and Sasha and, and Becky can all claim that too, and Paige. But at the same time, Charlotte is Charlotte is their poster child, and Charlotte and Oscar had a match won by Charlotte. So Oscar's undefeated streak is over. I'm glad it's over because it did throw an element of surprise when she actually did lose. Charlotte had this mean spot where she did the figure eight with one arm because Oscar had been working her arm and her shoulder trying to set her up for. Her finisher. So great work by both ladies there. Really fun. Mm, who else wrestled? Nobody important. <laughs> the Usos and the New Day lost to the Bludgeon Brothers in a pretty quick match. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers are your new SmackDown tag team champions. I mentioned before that Rusev Day did not get to see gold yet in this incarnation of this gimmick. Gender Mahal won the U.S. Championship for the Raw Men's Champ for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Braun had to find himself a partner. That was the whole thing. If you're going to wrestle WrestleMania against the Bar. You have to find yourself a partner. And so there was wild speculation about who Braun was going to find to be his partner, whether it be like a, a classic, uh, maybe a Hall of Famer in the crowd who could, who could still get in there with him, maybe an up and comer NXT or. No, Braun chooses Nicholas. Nicholas is a 10 year old boy. Turns out he is the son of a referee with the company. And Nicholas is in the fourth grade. After much, much searching, Bray, Bray, Braun finds his kid in the crowd, brings him to the ring. They start the match. Braun pretty much handles the bar by himself. He does tag Nicholas in at one point. Nicholas gets in the ring. Uh, Cesaro stares down Nicholas, and then Nicholas tags back out. Braun hits Cesaro with a power slam, and it's over. <laughs> so Braun Braun was tag team champions with a 10 year old boy but on Monday Night Raw Nicholas had to relinquish the championship because he has other priorities like being a 10 year old boy and not being a professional wrestler <laughs> it, was, it was a fun idea I can't even be, be mad it was a fun idea uh Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Nia pretty much dominated Alexa from bell to bell to win the Raw Women's Championship. So congratulations to Nia on that big victory for her. There was Shinsuke versus AJ. And it was good. It was good. I mean, it, it didn't... 
and I was kind of prepared for this. Wasn't at the expectations or the level that I would have liked it to be. Personally. Um, I mean, it was a decent enough match, but AJ ended up going over, retaining the, the WWE Championship. And then Shinsuke brought over the belt to him and kind of got on his knees in front of him, which is kind of weird, and handed him the belt as in, you're obviously the better guy. But I mean, as soon as you saw that, that's not typical. <laughs> that's not typical stuff. That you feel like, oh, the face is going to give the other face the, the belt and it's a really touching sportsman-like moment in professional wrestling. That just doesn't happen, bro. It's not how any of this works. So Shinsuke low-blowed him, then proceeded to kick the crap out of AJ, and then the feud continues, and on Tuesday night, Shinsuke interrupted a match between former SmackDown GM Daniel Bryan and AJ and attacked AJ and he had a vicious uh Kinkasha. What it, that's not even what it's called. Shin Oh wow. Kinsasa. He had a vi- vicious Kinsasa. Kinsasa! And can I just say when Corey Graves does his calls, man, like when he calls out the moves or a big moment like that, he he's he uh it's uh, it's awesome. I tweeted to both him and JR, Jim Ross, yesterday about when he calls certain things, it's it's JR-esque and it's and how big of a moment it is just by the way that Graves is calling it. And when Shinsuke hit that Kinshasa on AJ on Tuesday night, man, like his his Graves' call just made that moment even bigger. So Shinsuke is now a heel. Glad I brought up Daniel Bryan because I completely forgot. And I forgot about the other other non-title match. Uh, Daniel Bryan defeated Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are can no longer work from SmackDown. Work for SmackDown. So they showed up Monday night on Raw. Asked Kurt Angle for jobs. Kurt said they only had one spot. And honestly, I don't remember who won, if they even did that. So I don't know if someone isn't with the company anymore at this point right now or what. My apologies. Uh. Ronda Rowdy Rowdy Ronda Rousey. (laughs) And Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. This would have to be from a non-technical standpoint, this would have to be the most fun match to watch. It had everything. It had Stephanie's, uh, um, what, what is it called? Sucker Punch and Ronda a few times. Triple H and Angle got to go at it. Ronda finally got her hands on Stephanie. And then at one point, Triple H makes the grave mistake of essentially telling the referee, never mind the rules about a, a mixed tag match where... You can only wrestle your gender. Triple H is like, oh, I want to wrestle Ronda. So Ronda essentially gets in some moves on Triple H a few times. Um, And then at one point, Kurt was, I think Kurt was stalking um, Stephanie because the rules had changed mid-match because Triple H had threatened the referee. 
but it was a lot of fun and Ronda ended up going over and, and winning her first WWE match and she looked great absolutely great I know we were all concerned about different things with her seeing just from things we'd seen small portions we had seen leading up to the match on Raw and here and there but she looked solid she did a great job I thought she did a great job I know I, I read that they did a lot of rehearsing getting ready for the match so that probably had a lot to do with it that they were so well rehearsed but even then Ronda's like a natural man she she looked good she looked like she had a good time so I'm very happy for her Triple H has now lost three WrestleMania matches in a row. In case anybody's keeping track at home, he lost to Roman at 33, Seth at 30, or Roman at 32, Seth at 33, and now Ro- and now Ronda and Kurt Angle at 34. So Triple H is a three WrestleMania is zero and three his last three WrestleManias. So that might be something to look to, look at, something to keep in mind for future references. I don't know. Before I get into the main event of WrestleMania 34. Notable things that happened at NXT. Undisputed Era retained the NXT Tag Team Championships and they won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. The North American Championship, the first victor was decided and that victor is Adam Cole, baby! Shayna Baszler. Defeated Ember Moon, become an NXT champion, women's champion. Ember Moon then appeared on Raw, so she got called up. And then Alistair Black deleted your boy. Oh, what is his name? Defeated the previous NXT champion. I just can't say his name right now. I'm sorry. It's like Andres Almas, something like that. Defeated him to become the NXT champion. Takeover was better than WrestleMania. Easily. Hands down. No question. It wasn't even a fair competition. With all that said, bring us to WrestleMania's main event. First of all, by the time these two even started doing introductions, it was like 11.41 Eastern Standard. They were in New Orleans. And I don't know if that's central or not, but even then, my friend Moose went again to his third WrestleMania. And I'm pretty sure he sent me a picture around four something of him at the arena. And it was absolutely ridiculous how long this event was. I completely get why it's so long. And I should be overjoyed to have that much wrestling at once. But man, oh, I hit another pothole. Man, that's a lot of wrestling for a Sunday afternoon, evening, night. It's a lot. Did I mention it's a lot? 
So after Strowman and what's his face, the kid whose name is escaping me now. I know I said it earlier. Brandon defeated the bar after that excitement happened. Out comes Roman Reigns to his familiar chorus of booze. Out comes Brock Lesnar to his normal reaction. All reports say Brock Lesnar's leaving the WWE. <clears throat> Going back to the UFC, he's done. That's what everybody has been saying, including WWE, on TV for weeks leading up to this match. And Dana White himself said the Wednesday or something before, uh, tape, right before WrestleMania, and also Dana was at WrestleMania and was looked like a proud papa watching Rousey do her thing. Which is uh, good to see Vince and Dana getting along like that. Obviously, they have to because they got to do what's best for business. Oh, everybody's saying Brock's leaving. Bro the only person that didn't say Brock was leaving was Brock. Even Heyman said Brock was leaving. So, they get on to the match. It was like 15, 17 minutes. Lots of suplexes, lots of F5s the Roman kicked out of, some table spots, <sighs> lots of Superman punches, lots of spears that Brock was kicking that Brock was kicking out of. And it was over. Brock takes off his gloves and elbow pads and then proceeds to bust Roman open uh, with a cut right above his hairline. Roman is bleeding like a stuffed like a stuck pig. Really badly. Roman tries to mount some offense. Can't really do anything with it. Can't get the pin. Then Brock F5 is a minute's over. And that's your WrestleMania. So Brock Lesnar is still the Universal Champion. They've already announced that Brock is re-signed with WWE now. And that there will be a rematch. So, sorry all you contenders who thought Roman should only give one shot on the Raw roster. There will be a rematch between Brock and Roman at the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Now, according to reports and according to Roman's shoot promo from Monday night, <coughs> Vince did not tell most anybody that Brock had won, resigned, and that too, Brock was winning at WrestleMania. It had been said... It has been said that Roman didn't find out until he was already in the ring and after and before Brock was introduced or during Brock's introduction. That's what has been said. They could be trying to pull, to kind of put Roman against Vince, seeing as the one time Roman uh, was actually cheered was when Vince got involved in his angle when Sheamus was a champion. Maybe they're trying to kind of steal a little of that Stone Cold and Vince magic for Roman and Vince. But now they're apparently pivoting to Roman versus Samoa Joe at Backlash, which happens a week or so after the Greatest Royal Rumble. So, so who knows? So Brock is still the champion. Apparently he's re-signed with the company. And the, the um, main event fell pretty flat. 
It was, it was, I was, we were all just too tired at that point, man. NXT did in two hours what WWE couldn't do in five, seven hours. They started, they started the pre-show at five and the actual pay-per-view started at seven, which is incredible to me. On Raw, a couple, couple of surprises. Jeff Hardy returned. That's not really too much a surprise if you follow him on social media. Obviously, there's no repercussions for his DUI arrest from a few weeks back. Jeff Hardy returned. Miz wants his rematch with Seth. I don't know if they actually made that match yet. Miz wants his rematch, and it seems like Finn and Seth are both faces now, and everything's all good. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, like I said, Ember Moon debuted. Bobby Lashley returned after months of speculation. He finally came back to Raw after WrestleMania and promptly wilted with Elias. Wailed with... Wailed. You know, he, he walked with Elias and beat Elias's ass. So Bobby Lashley's back with a headband, no less. Shout out to headbands. Shout out to Allen Iverson, who just got his number raised to the rafters in Philly, as it should be. No Way Jose made his main roster debut. Be interested to see where his character goes. Best of luck to him. The Authors of Pain made their way up after losing in the Dusty Rhodes final on Saturday at NXT TakeOver. They make their way to the main roster at Raw and then promptly ditch their manager, Paul Ellerly. So the Authors of Pain are now on their own. On SmackDown, Daniel Bryan resigned as GM, following up on Paige retiring on Raw the night before. Shane promptly makes her the new GM to replace him. Paige makes Daniel Bryan versus AJ a match, which we only get a little bit of before Shinsuke interrupts that. The iconic duo, um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, don't quote me, showed up. Destroyed Charlotte. And then my favorite women's wrestler, Carmella, finally, finally got to cash in the Money in the Bank contract. Despite the referee acting like he did not understand English for a good 90 seconds while Charlotte could have easily rolled out of the damn ring and taken shelter somewhere. Because the match can't be official. Charlotte's not in the ring. I've never seen Money in the Bank cash in otherwise. Where the match takes place somewhere other than the center of the ring. So if Charlotte just falls out of the ring, she's safe. Obviously, Carmella could have put her back. But the thing is, like, Charlotte could have gotten away, I think. In the time it took the referee to the briefcase. But Carmella cashed in. She's your new SmackDown Women's Champion. That's awesome. Who else came to SmackDown? Uh, I don't know. Let's get our Google one-on-one on. But of course they announced immediately after calling everybody up and introducing some new people to the rosters that this week we have the Superstar Shake-Up coming up. And that means that they're going to start moving people around again. Because it's been 
I think I read somewhere it had been a year since the last one. I think they did the last shakeup after WrestleMania 33. So, WWE, all. I have no idea what my phone's doing. 2018. How is nobody going to do a post with the list of all of everybody that showed up? Nah, whatever. Podcast 101, don't do that. <laughs> Especially when you fall flat on your face. I might be over watching WrestleMania's live. I've had a good run. Let's see. First one I watched live would have been 2010 when Taker retired Sean. 2011, 2012 I went to. 13 was was 29. 14 was 30. 15, 16. I didn't watch six. I didn't watch 31 live. I went to the Penguins game. So I was not available to actually watch the show. So I could see where that, that, that might be confusing. I watched it the next day. Uh, 32. I didn't really watch a lot of the early stuff, but I did watch um, the later main event matches, including Roman and Triple H. And 33... I did watch live as well. So I, I, I might. They're too long, man. I might just have to keep my wrestling weekend to, to take over. Maybe the Hall of Fame, depending on who's going in, and then just kind of peek in while I'm waking. While I'm awake, and then just catch what I want the next day. I don't know, man. WrestleMania is too long. I could not imagine being in that stadium from 4 p.m. Eastern until after midnight. That's a work shift. In fact, let me see what time it was when Moose sent me the picture from inside the stadium. Man, my phone is slow. Time for a new phone. Well, phones are expensive, bro. Phones are expensive. All right, 5.04 p.m. He sent me fo- photos from inside the stadium. And he was there until midnight. And then I think he went out He went out after because he was sending me pictures of people cosplaying as different wrestlers because he went as, as Devon Dudley and his friend went as Bubba Ray. Honestly... NXT is the best thing that WWE has going for it. Nothing exciting is happening on either roster right now. So it might be a while before you hear about any wrestling on Hyphen Nation. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm a little burnt out. It could have just been all the wrestling that I watched this weekend. Next topic. Yay, stop flabbing on about WrestleMania. Woo. That took forever. If you make me go to the App Store, thank you. I spend more time arguing with my phone than anything else on these podcasts lately. Huh. Well, I guess we should get into this. 
So, months ago, a long ass time ago, inspired by Rember Brown's Jay Z bracket and Outcast brackets, and now inspired by Marcus Showing Mad Love Robinson's Drake bracket, I had the idea to do a best Boys to Men song ever. Now, I know what you're thinking, especially a certain somebody who's, who has voiced his displeasure with Boys to Men on his podcast. It's like a podcast or whatever, several times. Boys to Men is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? I loved Boys to Men, and I say loved because there was a certain era where everything that they made was fire. And then that era ended. And then. Michael McCary left. And then they did covers and they did songs of Rascal Flats. And if you listen to the Disney episode, you know exactly how I feel about Rascal Flats. I did actually see them live last. Oh my God, I had my heat on. It's 70 degrees outside. Smooth, homie. I did see Boys and Men on tour with Angel last year. It was actually a new kids on the block concert that she wanted to go to, um, and this is our big an- our our anniversary thing that we did last summer. Went to see new kids on the block, and we went to go see Paul Abdul, who did a good job for being her age and lip syncing and doing crazy high stage dives in the waiting dancers' arms. And we saw Boys and Men, who was the opening act. It wasn't a full set; they just did. Did the hits and literally got out of there and, woo- and wooed the fans over. Smooth as ever. Wanye is still an incredible singer. But I'm going to read you guys what I'd started to write because this is supposed to be a written piece and it sat in my drafts in my Google Docs forever. And I just realized that I don't, I can't do it as good as Marcus did it with Drake or Rember did it as with Outcast and Jay Z. So I'm just going to. Nor is it that interesting, considering this is the world's greatest podcast. Of course, it needs to belong on the world's greatest podcast. So let me read you what I started writing, and then we'll get into the seating and the actual brackets. The greatest boys to men song ever starts now. So my brain is weird. The other day I was really trying to convince myself that a certain boys to men song was the greatest song they ever made. Considering how they're still going strong, now as a trio, after 25 years, picking just one song is really an impossible task. So won't I have a little fun and bring my random idea life, my random idea to life in a column? I'll be using the same concept that Rembrandt Brown used for his brackets for the greatest outcasts and Jay-Z songs. Hopefully it won't be a complete rip since I haven't read, read those two pieces in a while. So how did I choose what songs will be in the running for greatest boys to men song ever? That's it. I simply only chose songs released from 1991 to 1997, which I consider their peak period. You might have a few favorite tracks from Nathan, Michael, Sean, and Wanye. Nathan, Michael, Sean, Wanye, or Full Circle, words are hard. But let's face it, they weren't the megaforce that they were for these six years I chose. And believe me, I'm an expert. And then I'm an expert was hyperlinked because I had written this piece about Boys the Men's Life After Evolution and what had happened to this 
global force of music. They they were a boy band, and their time was over. That's exactly what happened. So I need. I got two. I picked sixteen songs. Two two sides. The first bracket is called the Iverson bracket because they're from Philly. Number one seed is End of the Road, originally released on the Boomerang soundtrack soundtrack in 1992. The eighth seed it's facing is Vibin' from 2, their 1994 sophomore album. Water Runs Dry is a four seed. In the Still of the Night, I Remember, which was originally featured in the Jacksons, an American Dream original soundtrack, 1992, is a five seed. Number two, One Sweet Day. This is the one that might get some heat. It is a Mariah Carey song officially. It appeared on her 1997 album, or was that 96? 1995 album, I'm sorry. Uh, that would be, 95 was Daydream, 97 or 98 was Butterfly. So it was Daydream and appeared on. But as much as it's a Mariah Carey song, it's just as much a Boys the Men song. It's not like Hey Lover where they're only doing the hook. They're on verses. It has their imprint and their stamp of, of being one of the biggest acts in music at that time. One Sweet Days of Two Seed. Number seven, Four Seasons of Loneliness. Ha, I was right. Daydream, 1995. Sorry. Four Seasons of Loneliness came out in 1997 on Evolution. It was the first single. Number three seed. It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday from Cooley High Harmony, 1991. And they'll be going against number six, Doing Just Fine, the opening track of 1997's Evolution. In the Dr. J bracket, number one seed, I'll Make Love to You. Number eight seed has changed. It was Let It Snow from Christmas Interpretations. But after some thought, I have replaced it with Please Don't Go from Cooley High Harmony 1991. Fourth seed, a song from Mama, originally featured on the Soul Food soundtrack in 1990. It could have been 97, but I can't remember if Soul Food came out in like late 96 or early 2000 or early 1997. Then it was featured on Evolution. Um, five, Thank You, the opening track to, for their second album, Two. Uh, one of the, which is, is actually in direct competition, well, not in this bracket, but direct competition for the most upbeat, best Boys the Men song with Motown Philly, of course. Um, Owen Bended Knee took the two seed from Two. Can You Stand the Rain, a cover of New Edition's song from their 1988 album, Any, or 1988 album, Heartbreak. They did a cover for it for their 97 album, Evolution. And then the last uh, two in is number three, Motown Philly from Cooley High Harmony. And Ooh, Ah, Ooh, Ah, Ooh, Ah, from their 1991 album, Cooley High Harmony. So, here we go. Let's start with the one versus the eight in the Iverson bracket. End of the row versus Vobin. Vobin has no chance. Vobin is a... Well, it was released as a remix single from the remix album that came out after two. It had a bunch of rappers on it. The original was an album cut that I always enjoyed, but 
it has no chance against the behemoth that is end of the road. So end of the road moves on. Over to the Dr. J bracket. Excuse me. Not over to Dr. J bracket. Down to uh, the three versus six seed. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Doing just fine. Doing just fine always felt like was a, was a sneaky good album cut. They never... I don't think they released it as a single, but as the album opener after not hearing from them for three years, at that point from an official album standpoint, doing just fine goes hard, yo. It, uh, I don't, I don't care, I don't care if I'm talking about R and B songs. Doing just fine is a good song, but you're putting it against "It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday," a song that to this day is played whenever there's a tragedy. Even radio stations that are changing formats will play this song before switching to the new format to this day. And it is a cover of um, the original version from Cooley High that came out in the 70s. But there's just nothing. The Boys of Men version is just impeccable. It's, it's gorgeous in all facets. It's so hard to move on. Jumping back up. The four versus five matchup. Water runs dry and it's still the night I'll remember. And it's still the night was a cover two. Not a cover two defense. It was also a cover. Water runs dry. Well, it, it, was, it was good because it was a little bit more upbeat than what you had heard from two radio-wise so far because... I don't have, I'm not looking up the actual release dates, but I had, you had I'll Make Love to You, and then you had On Bended Knee with the, being the really big singles, and then Water Runs Dry is a little bit more upbeat, and it's just, it's just lush and gorgeous and all these things. So, as good as a cover as In the Still of the Night is, and as beautiful as it is, Water Runs Dry moves on. Last matchup in the Iverson bracket. One Sweet Day versus Four Seasons of Loneliness. Four Seasons of Loneliness is a, as a first single was disappointing for me. The song grew on me as time went on. It's, it's a very pretty song, but even compared to the song that came before it on the album, which was doing just fine, it's, it, it doesn't even have a real chance. So One Sweet Day moves on. Moving over to the Dr. J bracket. Yeah, let's start with the let's do the four five matchup, a song for mama versus thank you. A song for mama has been played countless numbers of times at weddings for the mother and son dances. It was a predecessor to Kanye's Hey Mama. And some may say a predecessor to Black Eyed Peas's Hey Mama. <laughs> but a song for mama is a very contrived song. You're looking at this list and listen to this topic right now like, aren't all these songs contrived? Because they're all about love? Shut up! <laughs> it, 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 it was easy money, essentially. It's like, alright, well, let's go ahead and do a song for Mama. And it was for the Soul Food soundtrack, so they were writing, they were writing this song for Big Mama <laughs> from Soul Food. That's who this song was about. If you look at it like that, it's kind of like, uh, not that Big Mama wasn't a great person in that movie, apparently, and not that Soul Food isn't a hood classic, but 
I don't know. You, it, it's never been a favorite of mine. That's why I didn't dance to it at my when I at my wedding. My friend Matt did, but I did not. Mm. Thank you is amazing. Has all those elements from Motown Philly that you love. It's a damn near completely acapella song versus and the actually the drum the drum kick in it is beatbox. It's completely acapella. I think. I almost want to cue it up right now. Let's do it. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah, of course I have two on my iPod. What do you mean? Why are you so surprised? <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to get copyright infringement on this. Get a YouTube warning. Because the bass is Michael. The, the drum might not be acapella. But it, but it goes hard, and hopefully YouTube doesn't flag me for that. If you do, whatever, YouTube. Not like I'm getting any checks from y'all anyway, just doing it for the people. So, as much as I love Thank You, though, a song for Mama's gonna move on. It's moving on to the next round. Jumping on down, let's do the two versus seven. On Bended Knee versus Can You Stand the Rain. This is a tough matchup for Can You Stand the Rain. On Bended Knee is fire through and through. Can You Stay in the Rain was a worthy opponent to the original New Edition version. I actually think some of the riffs in the Boys the Men version is better than the New Edition version. The only version, the only thing that really separates the two, no offense, Ralph, but New Edition had Johnny Gill. And that, that's the difference maker between the two. Johnny killed the original Can You Stay in the Rain. So, Orm Benedine moves on. The number one versus the eight seed. I'll make love to you, that monster that had all of us as children singing about making love and sexing in the most classiest way possible in our elementary schools or, or in our junior high schools or middle schools. Or some of you might not have been born yet, and I appreciate y'all listening too. <laughs> Versus Please Don't Go. It was going to be Let It Snow, but either way, this is a blowout. I'll make love to you easily. Please Don't Go is cool, but it's no I'll make love to you. Last one, Motown Philly versus... <laughs> Motown Philly, man. Come on. Come on, please. And that's from Thank You. <laughs> What's your name, boys? Man, hey, you know what I'm saying? That's what they say. It turned into an episode of Glee, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it turned into an episode of Glee. Just like that. Moving back to the Iverson bracket. The one versus four matchup. End of the road versus Water Runs Dry again. Water Runs Dry is a good song. But really, unless they're facing off against the song for Mama, this is where their time ends. End of the road moves on. Number two seed, One Sweet Day, versus It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. 
I almost went. It's so hard to say goodbye to. Or, uh, I almost went. It's so hard over this. It, and it was so hard to do this. Because again, the artistry and the mastery shown on It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday by these four dudes from Philly that wanted to sing. Masterclass shit. One Sweet Day. It's beautiful because it's about the same thing. Because on one hand, it's like, oh, uh, they broke up. But on the other hand, it's like, no, they really lost them. Like, they're, they're gone now. And, that, and that's the way that song's supposed to be taken. One, one Sweet Day is, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday on steroids with, in her prime where I carry. You, you, you can't beat that. Not this realm. One Sweet Day moves on. Back to Dr. J bracket. On bended knee at number two C versus Motown Philly. Now this is where y'all gonna get mad if anybody's actually still listening to this podcast. This is when y'all gonna get catch feelings. <laughs> Here's the thing: as much as I love Motown Philly, I think it's a great song. On bended knee is real. It puts you through the ringer. The whole song. It takes you on up the mountain, brings you back down, back up the mountain, back down to the skies, back to the ground. It is a roller coaster of emotion. Motown Philly is a little dated. It is specific to a certain era as dope as as much as we love our new Jack Swing early 90s music. It's still a classic, but I'm putting on bended knee over. And then lastly, a song for Mama, the 4C versus I'll Make Love to You. I'll Make Love to You. There's no need for me to expound on that anymore. I almost eliminated a song for Mama <laughs> a second ago. So we don't get to see our Thank You versus Motown Philly matchup. It happens. So back to the Iverson bracket. End of the road versus One Sweet Day. End of the road. It's it's such a beautifully written song. And I believe that was a baby face and um LA Reed collaboration. It's perfect. Start to finish. End of the road moves on. Finale of the Dr. J bracket on bended knee at number two seed versus I'll make love to you the number one seed bitch I'll make love to you is just too strong I already mentioned how classy that boys and men made fucking sound <laughs> notice how I made it dirty as hell This song was everywhere. It was massive. This was essentially Boys to Men's I Want It That Way. This was their, um, what was the big NSYNC song? Like their really big song. I, I guess you could say Bye 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 would be their big song. It was their Bye Bye Bye. This was their Hanging Tough, um, 
step by step. You know, that major hit, that major hit, that staple that they knew from the moment they finished recording it, that as long as they were doing music, that they would have to perform this song at every single show they ever did for the rest of their lives. With that said, on bended knee wins. What? <laughs> on bended knee, yo. And this this might be personal bias, but whereas I'll make love to you is blunt and to the point, we're going to get together all through the night, pour the wine, light the fire. Girl, your wish is my command. I submit to your demands. Girl, are you ready? It's going to be a long night. Now take that with on bended knee. Darling, I, I can't explain. Where do we lose our way? Girl, it's driving me insane. And I know I just need one more chance. Baby, please! Classic love shit right there. To prove my love to you. If you come back to me, girl, I'll guarantee that I'll never let you go. Can we go back to the days our love was strong? Can you tell me how a perfect love goes wrong? Can somebody tell me how to get things back the way they used to be? Like, seriously, that's real talk. Oh, God, give me a reason. I'm down on bended knee. That's just the first verse in the chorus. So on bending knee wins. We're moving on to the final. The final. End of the road. The chart topping. Limousine flying. Jet riding. Wife riding. I know that's not appropriate. Behemoth. That dominated the billboard charts. And wasn't even released on an official Boys to Men album. Not true. It was on a re-release of Coolie High Harmony in 93. But wasn't on any of their actual official studio albums. Versus on Bended Knee. The little single that could. From 2. And I'm pretty sure 2 was more successful than Coolie High Harmony. What do these songs both have in common? Michael McCary doing... A breakdown in the middle of the song where he's talking to the female, to the lady. I know y'all don't like being called females, and I wasn't trying to do that. Baby, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for all the wrong I've done. That's on Ben and Nick. And then you got the classic from End of the Road. It's not coming to me. I just know that. He does, it says a line about, I knew about those other fellas. I just didn't care. You just don't know how much you mean to me, dude. I'm here for you. And then Sean starts wailing. He's like, baby, I'll forgive you. Maybe you'll try. I love both of these songs, man. I love both of these songs. I did a pretty mean on bended knee back in the day before uh, I got old and my voice wasn't as great as it used to be 
and I could I could hit the falsetto. The falsetto, the the falsetto a little better, because I used to be like, back to the strong. Somebody was sound good. Now it sounds like that. I did a mean end of the road too, and that that wasn't too crazy for me. God. I already picked the answer. I don't know if I want to stick with the answer, though. This time instead, just come to my bed. Baby, just don't let me go. No, 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 although we've gone. And it's got a key change. But so does, so does on bended knee. You feel the same, don't ever let it go. You gotta believe the spirit of love you can heal all things. I'm gonna get a YouTube hit, it won't hurt anymore. No, I don't believe our love's terminal. I'm down on my knees, begging you, please. It's on bended knee, I don't care. I don't care what bended knee wins. I don't care. I'm picking on bending knee. I had I had into the road down. I had it. This is the argument that started it all. I, for my whole life, believed into the road was the best boys and men song. And then I was thinking about it, and I convinced myself on bended knee was not the best was the best boys and men song. And even today, with me picking into the road, the logical choice, I still put on bended knee over. That's your greatest boys and men song ever. I hope you were entertained. Are you not entertained? Seriously? Barack Obama approves. World's greatest podcast. Yeah. But no, seriously. <laughs> on Bended Knee is the greatest Boys and Men song. I'm going to have to get on Twitter and post the brackets. I wonder if I'll get any response. So I'll have to do that later and see what happens. Last topic, I think. I say it like that because I uh, don't really know if it's a good topic or not. <laughs> Essentially, I at work yesterday and looking at some things on our intra internet and on the front has a little calendar at list, like when people's anniversaries are coming, like work anniversaries and when their actual birthdays are. I saw that one person had been at their job for 36 years, maybe. And coming up here in June will be my one year back in the... I mean, you, know, you pair that with my almost four years. And I mean, I was literally two weeks away from having... Four years in, <laughs> then that puts me a little over five years total with uh, at my current job, the one that didn't fire me. And to see thirty-six years, man, it's insane. I don't know what to call that <laughs> because obviously our whole lives, our parents and our grandparents. They've had jobs and they went to them every single day for 
40 years or so before they were able to retire. My grandfather worked for McCroy's, which was essentially a little retail store in the vein of Dollar General and um, not quite Dollar Tree, but Dollar Tree, Dollar General and Dollar and Family Dollar. Worked there for years. My dad, as you heard on episode 39, worked for years at CMP Telephone Company, which then became uh, Bell Atlantic at some point, and then turned into Verizon by the time he retired. My mom never really, Barbara, never really stayed at one job too long. But for years, she was a career bartender. So even though she wasn't at the same place, I mean, it's bartending. So bars close, you move on. She was a bartender for a long time. My adopted mom, Bonnie, she was a hairdresser, a nurse. She was a patient advocate for years while I was in high school. She, there was nothing that she wouldn't, couldn't, if she wanted to do it, she did it. She was a, a licensed hypnotherapist and actually had a hypnotherapy office set up on my side of the house. So there would be times that I would have to literally get out of my own side of the house because she had an appointment coming. There were so many things that she got her hands into. She, um, so medicine, hair, uh, non-traditional medicine, She did it for years, but at the same time, she was she never seemed complacent and always wanted to learn new things and move on to the next thing. She she opened up a uh, she owned right next to our house a um, nursing home for years. Owned a nursing home, so she she just did whatever fit her whimsy at that moment, you know? I don't plan on leaving my job unless this podcasting thing actually takes off or somehow I'm actually getting paid to do this. I don't don't plan on leaving the field I'm in. Dad wants me to go back to school, finish my degree. My grades are horrible. As a whole, for most of my last couple years in college, I just ignored going to class and just messed around and took L's on the grades. And I know I can see one of those uh, commercials we always make fun of. It's never too late to get your college degree. Don't do it now. You're just sitting on your couch, not doing anything. Well, you get on the computer now. But also, I feel like I'm in a field where I can grow, you know? But at the same time, 36 years, like, I'm only five years in. 36 more years, I'm sitting at 71. Woo! Having done the same job.
But then again, if something happened where the podcasting thing did take off, would I be cool with doing podcasting for a long ass time? Obviously, the answer is going to be yes. It's supposed to be yes, but is it truly a yes? I don't know. It, it just is mind boggling to think about that time. I don't know if that's laziness. I don't know what that is exactly. But to know that for this um, amount of time in your life, got up, punched the clock, worked, punched out, came home. For 40, 50 some years, same job. First off, kudos to all y'all who have done it, are doing it. Kudos to y'all who are still still uh, kudos to y'all who are still trying to find your path. That's very important too. You just don't want to let your path take too long. Essentially, you know, you don't want to be flip flop flopping careers your whole life. I mean, you could potentially be doing it. Like I feel like that's what Bonnie did, but same time, maybe you don't need to. I don't know. I don't even know where this topic really went. And this guy's, uh, he's in a blue truck and his cap for his truck bed just kind of blew up out of nowhere. Almost like somebody's about to come out and be like, surprise, bitch! Thankfully, I'm two cars back, so I wouldn't have been too surprised unless there was a guy. <sighs> Lord, pray for me. I really don't know where that topic is going. Maybe I should just delete it. Uh, they can't all be winners. That Boys and Men one was better than I thought it would be. <laughs> but they can't all be winners. If you enjoyed the world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation, Barack Obama approved Hyphenation, here's what I need y'all to do. Need y'all to go to iTunes, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars means more eyes see the podcast, and that's never a bad thing. If you leave a review, I will read it good or bad on the air. Even if it's extremely hurtful, I may crown the show, and I'm not embarrassed to say so. So, there's that. Um, also, subscribe while you're on iTunes and never miss an episode. Click that subscribe button. Google Play Music. Hyphen Nation. All the episodes are there. You can subscribe, rate, and review as well. I encourage you to do so. I'm never against any positive feedback at all. But I'll take negative feedback, too, because I want the show to be good. So there's that as well. If you go to this episode's post on hyphenpodcastgroup.com, you'll see subscribe on Android directly underneath the little player where the music is. So subscribe on Android. What it does is if you have an Android device, you click it, it'll bring up a whole plethora plethora, plethora, plethora of uh, apps that you can listen to that you can listen to podcast on your Android phone. So, there is that as well. Stitcher. Still on Stitcher. Still alive and kicking. On Blueberry. On that podcast directory. Google hyphen nation podcast will come up on there. You can also go to my personal website, Hyphen Universe, in addition, 
or on individually for hyphen podcast group. If you just go to hyphen universe, you're only going to find hyphen nation. You're going to miss out on all the other great hyphen podcast shows. So I suggest you go to hyphen podcast group and hyphen universe. Just saying. Uh, YouTube.com slash be hyphen. All the episodes are on there. I just posted 57 last night. Or was it this morning? Either way, it is posted, ready to go for your consumption. Player.fm also features Hyphenation, the TuneIn app, Pocket Cast, and what is that other one? Oh, I said TuneIn and Pocket Cast. Hyphenation's everywhere, damn it. I tried my best at least, though. I feel like there's one more, the TuneIn app and Stitcher. It's not coming to me, I'm sorry. But that is how you get the show. But there's one way, there's one way, one way that I actually left out that I'd like to talk to you about right now. If you're in the RSS feeds, you can use the old one feeds.feedburner slash hyphen feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016. You can use that one if you want. But if you go to the official Hyphen Nation page on hyphenpodcastgroup.com, you'll see in a link that just simply says RSS. You take that RSS feed, turn that some bitch sideways, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, and you can get, that's right, puppy, you can get all 58 episodes of fire just like that in your favorite podcast listening device if you need to get a hold of the show at b hyphen b h y p h e n facebook.com slash hyphen universe or simply b hyphen at gmail.com or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com no recommendations i'm sorry guys i'm still watching the office and loving it I checked out Zach Braff's new show, Alex Inc., about a guy who quits his job to become a podcaster. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's cute, but it's not the look. It's not the one, so I can't even recommend that, unfortunately. So no recommendations. Power positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what that may be or what you may have to do. You have to do what's best for you and what makes you happy. Call your mom. Text your dad. Stop in unexpectedly and see him. Give him a hug. Hug your brother. Dap up your sister. Play games with your little cousin. Have genuine interactions with people as best as you as you can. As best as you can. So, any words of wisdom to wrap up episode 58? No, none at all. Actually, yes. <laughs> Lemon on the Edge episode number four was just recorded. I know this episode started a long time ago, at least for me. When y'all hear it's going to be seamless and y'all are going to barely notice that this is four different parts to make up the episode. 
Damn it. I did not mean to say that. Just recorded Lemon in the Fro number four with Lane Lemon. Lemon on the Edge, rather. That's the new title. So look for that to be out on hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Little plug there. Getting our sea legs back. We talked about the NBA playoffs as well as the NFL draft a little bit. And early MLB standings. Then he showed me what the hell Fortnite is because I'm old school and I still have a PS3 and I'm proud of it. Show me I watched him play a little Fortnite and then that was it. I didn't record the whole watching Fortnite part though. <laughs> I left that out. Oh man. So almost caught up. Almost back to where I should be. And I'm not going to jinx it by saying anything. But things are going well right now. Markel Fultz, congratulations on making the playoffs. But with all due respect and apologies, your jumper is still trash. Wakanda forever. Hyphen Podcast Group has been brought to you by... Whoops. Hyphen Nation has been brought to you by hyphenpodcastgroup.com and the markrob.wordpress.com. That is Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson's website. Always the consistent sponsors of Hyphen Nation. But now, I bid you adieu. Next time on Hyphen Nation, I was going to say we talk about the NBA playoffs, but uh, you can listen to Living in the Fro 4 for that. Next time, I have no idea. No idea. So, going to have to do a little deep diving. But don't you fear. Don't you fear. Train's still rolling. Thanks, y'all.